Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome to our very first Halloween special. Today we are talking about the 1988 horror film Hack-A-Lantern, starring High Pike, Gregory Scott Cummins, Carla Barron, and Katina Garner. I couldn't find budget for this one. This is a direct-to-video release, and it doesn't take long to figure out why it was direct-to-video. <laughs> <laughs> Got a 36% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not sure that's the right number, though. It's it's. It, I don't know. Lately, it's become like a like a kind of a cult classic. Okay. Like uh, younger people have never seen crap like this. You know, from the '80s, they they found it and they're like, "Wow, I can't believe this got made." Yeah, exactly, exactly what I was thinking too. Because it's a weak plot. It could have the storyline itself has a lot of potential. If they had explored something other than the the Satanists aspect of it the son of satan aspect if they had spent more time you know developing the family and the story of the family this would have been a much better movie potentially it's still plagued by wooden acting and and just awful awful dialogue yeah i think that's why a lot of people are starting to pick up onto it because it's just it's batshit insane (laughs) <laughs> some of the dialogue in this movie and it's like that's i think that's what people are catching i mean it's like tommy Wiseau in the room you know? right it's like oh my god i can't believe that's what they went with that's like that's the take they had yeah movie was directed by indian filmmaker jag mundra known for a string of low budget movies with weak plots and simplistic storylines he made about 20 movies over the course of his career until he died in 2011. Written by David Eisenstark, though it's uh, credited as somebody completely different. The story was written by Dave Eisenstark, who is a member of the Horror Writers Association and specializes in low-budget horror. Like I said, you know, if he had focused his story on a completely different aspect of this, it would have been, it would have been a lot better. It is a decent story as it is. Dave Eisenstark, known for Creepazoids, the Wednesday Night Save the World Society, and Sheffield's Manor. Screenplay by Carla Robinson. This, along with one acting credit in a short called Dead on Page Six, are the only things she's ever worked on in Hollywood. Costume design by Frank Belacci. Again, another very short career here. He worked on six films over five years, and then he was done. And special effects and stunts by Tracy Shuttleworth. Another one and done. But, you know, this is something that you mentioned when we were prepping for this movie, is that some of the practical effects in this movie are actually really good. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that was like the, the selling point to, like, you know, these kind of 80, crappy 80 horror movies was uh, gratuitous violence and nudity. And so, well, like, yeah. If if you got a crap you know movie with a weak plot, you better you know put some boobs in there and get some blood out and you know because that's the only way people are gonna see this you know. 
probably the most successful person or one of the most successful people associated with this movie is cinematographer Stephen Ashley Baker, known for America's Most Wanted, Inside Edition, Beverly Hills Vamp, and the LL Cool J video, Mama Said Knock You Out. <laughs> That's kind of weird considering this movie. Right, right. Yeah. I think uh, maybe he had some spare time on his calendar. Didn't have anywhere to go. So why not? <laughs> Can you give me a hundred bucks? I'll do it for a hundred bucks. And some beer. <laughs> we have High Pike as grandpa appeared in Blade Runner as Taffy Lewis, the owner of the snake pit. Also appeared in Dolomite and had an appearance in the George Burns Comedy Week. This guy hams it up probably more than anybody else in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the, like, uh, the drawing uh, card. Like He's the one that, why this movie's like picked up traction in recent years. Yeah. is because he, he knew he was in a shit movie. Right. And they probably told him to go with this one direction. He's like, oh, I'm going to go in that direction. <laughs> he went like, all the way in that direction, too. <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Yeah, probably the hallmark of this film is is overacting across the board. Plus, he's got that creepy voice. Yes. That kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like you just want to quote this guy and do it <laughs> in perfect guy. Because, like, you and your buddy see this movie, and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe we watched that. And then a couple weeks go by, and then you're like, when's that going to be it, pal? You know, and it's like. <laughs> Next, we have Gregory Scott Cummins as Tommy, mostly a TV character actor from 1988 to present. He appeared as an acrobat in the 1992 movie Batman Returns. Also had appearances in the Lethal Weapon TV series, NCIS, Numbers. And probably the, the thing that I know him best from, he plays Ronald Mac McDonald's dad, Luther, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, like, I got like a headcanon that Tommy, the reason why I like Mac's dad is the way he is is because he's actually Tommy under assumed name. <laughs> <laughs> The way he's on Always Sunny and, and in this movie, it kind of makes sense, you know? Right. Yeah. It, it is kind of... Uh, it. Now that you mention it, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carla Barron as Tommy's sister, Vera. She only acted for about three years, appeared in The Jigsaw Murders, Terror Night, and Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Bolarama. I love that movie. That's a good movie. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do an episode with on that movie as well. Hell yeah. I've never seen it, but the title makes it sound too good to pass up. Hey, it's it's more insane than this movie. Okay. <laughs> that 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 wins then. Yeah. And finally we have Katina Garner as Tommy's mom, Amanda. She appeared in nine low budget films over twenty-three years, including a role that I do know, she played Mother Speed in Rollerblade. Also had roles as Blonde in the 1970 film Hollywood Horror House. She played Cleavage Woman in 1983, a Polish vampire in Burbank. And she played a character named Hillary's Mother 
in the 1987 film Cannibal Hookers, which she also produced. Nice. Yeah. I gotta love those naming conventions. Her performance makes those names make sense. Uh, yeah. she's, 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 not a, she's not a headline actor. Yeah. But that has, I mean, that's a selling point for most of the movies we talk about. So many of the movies that we, made, that we cover are made with unknowns, and it kind of makes the movie that much better. Yeah, they, get, they got like that simple little character defect or something. That's, you can tell it's like totally not in the script. It's probably just that person, you know, the way, the way they talk or I don't know certain manu- mannerisms, you know, they'll work into the character, and it's like, wow, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I've never seen it in, like, a mainstream movie before. So, Dumpster Fire body count for this movie, we have one dead dad, one dead grandpa, one dead mom, one dead boyfriend, two dead party girls, three naked ladies, one of them twice, one smashed pumpkin, and one shattered childhood innocence. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's uh, that seems accurate. We're like, <laughs> like a horror movie at, at about this age in horror and stuff. It's really slow, really low body count. Usually, it's like they try to keep like a, a time thing, especially with the slasher movies and stuff. That they right? Have. Yeah, this is definitely not a slasher movie. Even though the title makes you think that it probably is, this is definitely not a slasher film. Yeah, and that, that's kind of my stuff. There's another title to it, and I think they changed the title to make it look like a slasher movie because I've seen uh, like the like the covers and stuff and like po- posters and shit with different titles on it. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, I saw that too, and I'm not sure. I don't remember what the title was. Yeah, but I think they did that like in Canada and stuff and other places. Right. Like, I think that's what people might know it as. It's like, now I got to look it up. Yeah, that makes more sense. But I, like they totally did that hack o lantern to make it look like, oh, it's going to be like Jason or something, you know? Right, right. So this was, you know, in the Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger heyday yeah. in 1988. And so, yeah. I, I can I can see what they're trying to get there, but that's absolutely not a slasher film. Yeah, it's it's more instead of like really good. So yeah. the film opens up with red credits on a plain black background, backed by eerie, stereotypical horror movie organ music. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's very by the numbers type. Right. I, I get the feeling that our director Jag Mundra. He was good at following a formula, but he didn't have much vision of his own. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like he knows what other people have done. He knows what works. Yes. Yeah. So he's following the student. But uh, I don't know. Some parts in this movie, it seems like no one knew what was going on. So they just kind of like. Especially with respect to the Halloween party that we're going to see later. Yeah. That whole Halloween party scene is just like, it's like a fever dream. (laughs) <laughs> really takes you out of the rest. Well, once we get through the credits, we see the sunrise over a farm. An old pickup truck loaded with pumpkins is headed down the road. This is Pie Hike with a, a really bad black wig on. Makes him look a little bit like Mike Myers in profile. A little bit, yeah. See a very young Tommy in his bedroom tying his shoes when his grandpa arrives with presents. 
he gives Tommy a little toy skeleton hanging ornament and lets him pick his own pumpkin. But then he gives him a very special gift wrapped in tissue paper. Well, Tommy doesn't unwrap it because his grandpa just gives him the present, gives him his pumpkin, hop back in the truck and leave. And gasses the shit out of you. He uh, tells Tommy that he's giving him this gift because he's very, very special. <laughs> In probably the weirdest way you can imagine telling a kid that he's very, very special. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's weird. Um, like, he's like, he's supposed to be like a farmer or something. He like has a pumpkin thing and he lives in the country, you know? And yeah. Kind of rustic and stuff. But this guy wears a ring on every finger. Yes, he is wearing so much turquoise. On some fingers, he has two rings. Yeah. But that's kind of hot for like a farmer. Yeah. Next, we see Tommy's mom hanging out the laundry. Tommy's sister is sitting on the porch. Tommy is carving the pumpkin that he got from his grandpa and just throwing the guts at his sister. <laughs> that was uh, funny. Vera complains to their mother that Tommy's splashing her. Tommy's mom uh, kind of just now notices that he has a pumpkin. <laughs> he also has an extremely big knife that he's just jabbing into this pumpkin to carve the face. Yeah, it's, it's way bigger than like those Michael Myers knives. It's like, I don't know, it's got an extra three or four inches on it. Like <laughs> well, he cuts his finger on the pumpkin. His mom runs over and uh, he says, let me see that. And Tommy's got his finger in his mouth and he's got blood all over his face now. He said, but I like the taste of blood. Grandpa says it's good for me. Makes me strong. That's when she realizes that he has a pumpkin. Where did you get that pumpkin? Did your grandpa give you that? And she wants to know what else he gave, his grandpa gave him. Well, he tells her that that was it, and he kind of stuffs that little tissue-wrapped thing down in his pocket where she can't find it. Well, then his brother Roger shows up with a gun. Give me all your candy or I'll blow your head off. So Roger started off as a bit of a jerk compared to Tommy. Um, well, when uh, Tommy's mom finds out that this pumpkin came from his grandpa, she loses it. She picks the pumpkin up over her head and just smashes it right there in front of all the kids. So there's the childhood innocence shattered. Yeah, and like it, it she she kind of goes uh, over the top there too. It's like she picks the pumpkin up on her overhead and kind of like I don't know, not really screams, but makes this really weird like you know, like sound. Yeah, it just kind of holds that for a minute, which like you know, I guess you know, pick it up, pumpkin and smash it, you know. But she does it really weird way. And then, yeah, just like totally like smashes the hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, no explanation as to why she's upset or why you shouldn't have a pumpkin. How did I get this pumpkin out here and carve it without you noticing it even existed? And why are you outraged by it now? We, we're never going to We're not going to know the answers to these questions. I think it's because his mom's medicated. Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. He was hanging those clothes. She acted like she was dreaming or something you know like so like it, she didn't really notice the kids were even outside so like the, the, the daughter came up and started screaming about getting you know being bu bullied by her brother you know well later that evening we see tommy's parents amanda and bill in the kitchen 
she's told Bill about the pumpkin and, and what happened there. Bill has had enough. And if Amanda won't confront her father, then by God, he'll do it. She doesn't want him to go over there on Halloween. Wait for another night. So maybe she knows something. But Bill's not hearing it. He's going to go over there. And when she tries to stop him, we get a very cheesy, damn it, woman. (laughs) (laughs) And Bill drives out to the pumpkin farm on Halloween night, and there are lights in the barn, so he's going to go investigate. And he ends up spying on a satanic ritual taking place in the barn. There are five of them, including Grandpa. And they've got a pentagram drawn on the floor, and it is the night of the ritual of blood. Uh, They're drinking blood from a goat's head. It's really bizarre. And as he's watching this, Grandpa walks up and taps him on the shoulder. (laughs) They do not like trespassers, apparently. Well, Bill doesn't care anything about that, and he delivers a very chest-poking warning. To stay away from Tommy. Well, Grandpa tells Bill that Tommy was never his child. And then somebody hits Bill over the head with a hammer. (laughs) You just see, they're standing in like a livestock stall in this barn. And you just see a hammer being raised by some hand up over the wall of this stall. And then it comes down and conks him on the head. El Cabong style. (laughs) Next, we see Bill being dragged away, and Grandpa kind of sets his car on fire. Basically, there's a trench filled with gasoline alongside the car, and he lights that on fire. Yeah. This was probably somebody's on the crew, probably one of their cars, and they couldn't actually burn the car. So they just made a fire near between the camera and the car. And we get Grandpa's creepy (laughs) laughter through this whole thing. Back at the house, apparently, Tommy can see this fire from his bedroom window. And that's when he takes out the gift that he got from his grandpa. And it's some kind of pendant on a chain. And he's sitting on his bed swinging this pendant. And the camera zooms in on the pendant. And when it zooms back out, Tommy's all grown up. His basement is no longer upstairs in the house. Now he's down in the basement with a dead-end drive-in movie poster on his wall. I think he's got a virus, too. There's like a virus poster somewhere. Yeah. He's still got his kid's bed, though. He's still got like a child's mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, grown man in a twin bed. That's always fun. A horn blows outside, and Tommy shows us the the pendant just just opens his hand and shows it to the camera to see that there's a pentagram drawn on this pendant yeah that actor did that a lot he keeps on looking in the camera and yeah it's like it's supposed to do that but like there's sometimes when it's just like what are you doing <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> don't look at the camera damn it we just we had uh you know what screw it they, they looked in the shot let's go yeah. Keep, keep rolling. Outside, Grandpa has a newer, smaller pickup truck, but it's still full of pumpkins. <laughs> he has like a old ass like 
kind of like step side truck and that was like a one of those little mini pickup trucks yeah it went from the great big gm 1960s gmc to the his current little 1980s um toyota pickup truck yeah (laughs) (laughs) for the record my dad had both of those trucks well grandpa has another gift for tommy since it's halloween it's his Satan Club robes, and this is the night that they have a special ceremony for Tommy. And Tommy's mom is watching through the window as all of this happens. As the camera fo- uh, pans to her, you see her act like she's scared, so she takes out a scarf and ties it over her hair like it's a security blanket. That was kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Then... Tommy and Grandpa make sort of devil horns. It's more like the American Sign Language, I Love You. It's exactly the American Sign Language for I Love You. (laughs) And they they touch their fingertips together in a little satanic pinky swear. It's like, yeah, it's like they're, I don't know, giving each other little love packs or something with their fake devil. (laughs) And then Grandpa leaves. (laughs) This next bit is so damned weird. Because we see a shot of Grandpa, and he's just hauling ass down a dirt road with this truckload of pumpkins when Tommy's mom appears in the middle of the street. Making like, like a, I don't know, when it first shows her, I, I forgot, you know, that she was wearing that thing, you know, on her head. Right. And the green dress, but I thought it was like someone put like a damn scarecrow in the middle of the road, because you, you definitely tell that first shot. Yeah, because she's standing there with her feet spread wide apart, got both hands up in the air to stop. She's just standing in the middle of the street. Apparently, she is secretly Usain Bolt because she tore across the the countryside to get to that road and get in front of him and cut that truck off. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's like a really long driveway or something, but like she had to like go through some damn trees and stuff to get there. Right. Like, it's like one old windy-ass, like, country driveway. Yeah. Well, she wants him to leave Tommy alone, but Grandpa has plans for Tommy. We find out that she has known for the last 13 years that he was the one that had Bill killed. But Grandpa tells her, you know, Bill's never been too far away because he's wearing one of Bill's bones on a necklace. (laughs) Now, it's a... Great big, obviously not a bone bone. Yeah, it looks like those uh, fake like chicken bones and stuff, or whatever <laughs> they have. like those voodoo priestess jewelry things that they have. Like the yeah, um, it's like that. It's like cartoon bone looking. Then we find out that Tommy's grandpa might not actually be his grandpa. Yeah. This is the disturbing part of the movie. This is where it started like, just, oh, God, what is this? What am I watching? Yeah. It turns out that Tommy's grandpa is actually Tommy's father when we get a flashback scene of him raping his daughter on her wedding day. Before the wedding. Right. Immediately before the wedding. Yeah. It's just, oh, God. That creepy camera they do it, they, they, they use, like, you know. Yeah, like that guy's face, the, the, the side pike face, <laughs> like in a fish island, and he's got that stupid wig on again. Yeah, like oh god, yeah, it's it's bad. And then he tries to do it again right there in the middle of the street. 
Well, she spurns him, so he leaves angrily, explaining that she cannot stop what's about to happen. It's nature. Back at the house, Amanda is uh, working in the garden when Vera's friend Beth shows up. She's there to surprise her and for them to get ready for the Halloween party that night. Vera's in a bubble bath, and she's washing her face with her eyes closed when Beth sets this giant fake spider on the side of the bathtub where her loofah was. <laughs> and Vera grabs the spider and, and starts washing her face with it until she realizes that does, that's not a loofah and starts screaming. Um, it turns out she's not very excited for this Halloween party because, well, you know, Halloween always upsets her mother because that's when her father died. Yeah. I think there's more to it than just, you know, their father dying on Halloween. And I'm sure we'll find out as we go along here. Also, like the spider thing, it's, it's just the chick taking a, a, like a bath, a bubble bath. Right. It, then like the spider just like kind of looks like it's crawling, like there's some kind of aid like under the bubbles, like making it walk or something. Right. We know that, that Beth is putting this spider there because, you know, she said she was going to surprise Vera. But she's off camera, just kind of pushing the spider into the frame. Yeah, it's weird. Also, I think it's weird. Uh, neither one of them have a problem with their friend, like, just in the bathroom with them. Right. Like, yeah, I'm like, what, what, whether this is, I'd, I'd be cussing people out at this point, you know? She didn't seem shy at all. <laughs> no, she's not at all shy. Not even a little bit shy. And what's really weird in this is, she jumps out of the bathtub and she's covered in soap bubbles. And then Beth helps her get into a robe and then she's completely dry. Completely, yeah. Her, her hair looks perfect too. Right. She was washing her face in the bathtub. Once she gets the robe on, her makeup is, is back. <laughs> they did not have a, a continuity person on this crew. I can tell you that. We, we learned that when, when she smashed the pumpkin because and it's a little thing that's easy to miss, but she's standing with this pumpkin and she's turned so that she is to the facing to Tommy is on her left side and she throws the pumpkin to her right and it lands to the left of Tommy. <laughs> that's then, probably what happened. That guy got fired, and then, like, the rest of the movie is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it turns out that once he grew up, so good boy Tommy is now bad boy, and bad boy Roger is now a cop, because that's the way things work. That, oh, yeah. That's always how they go. Yep. He's assigned to patrol a Halloween party, and wouldn't you know it, lucky you, you're a cop in your own hometown where you live. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how that works. When you're a cop in the town where you live, you get assigned patrols in the town where you live. Uh, he also needs to investigate another robbed grave. And cut back to the house. Amanda is trying to talk to Tommy, but he yells to, through the door that he's busy. And he puts on his headphones and starts looking for a tape to put in his Walkman. This is our first music video interlude. We see Tommy playing guitar-ish in a hair metal band. 
Oh my God. Playing a song called You're the Devil's Son. This is another reason why it's became like a, a cult hit, I think. <laughs> this one scene, especially, all right, so like, he goes, he's like, he's on his little bed, he puts his cassette and he lays back, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, that MTV, you know, like, I don't know, Twisted Sister, like, trope where it's like kids, like, imagining themselves. Right. You know, rock star. But his hair's like stupidly teased up. And oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, he got like, you know, like this stupid, like, kind of like look on his face. And it looks like someone's dad playing air guitar. Like, it's not even like a, like if a teenager was like, yeah, rocking out with his favorite heavy metal thing. It looks like some, like, yeah, like it's some guy's stepdad, like, just like, kind of like, ooh, yeah, ooh. Like, he does this, like, little weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, he's doing it to the beat of jazz or something. But it's like, it's de definitely like a docking, like, kind of like, rip off fan you know yeah and it's just it comes off silly as shit and then like he's kind of in the band but he's not because there's like i don't know there's like already three or four guitar players so he's not even like yeah he's like, kind of band adjacent oh man it's just weird and they got a bone dancer yeah they got that weird voodoo lady that just kind of like i don't know she's like in the she's got like six or seven arms yeah this is kind of a, a bizarre music video and then um, the bone dancer, well, she starts shooting lasers out of her eyes at oh, the man. drums. Also, her tongue, like for like a split second, her tongue—you can tell it's a fake tongue, but it like it looks right. like it's two, three times too big for her mouth. Yeah, yeah, that was really weird. Trying to give her like a like a venom tongue. And there's like shat, like weird. Uh, I don't know what you would call them, like echo effects on her. Everybody's movement. Yeah, everybody's kind of blurry. She shoots lasers out of her eyes, and the first time hits the cymbals on the drums. The second time, she hits the whole band, which turns them green, and then causes them to blink out one by one. Yeah. Until it's just her and Tommy. She throws him down on the ground, and then lasers shoot out of her eyes and turn his guitar into a trident. Which she uses to stab him in the throat and cut his head off. <laughs> that, of course, wakes him up pretty quick. Yeah. Outside, Amanda's watering her flowers and crying when Roger stops by on his motorcycle. She's upset about the company that all of her children are keeping. And this is, this is what I meant when they should have focused this on a completely different part of the story. Because Amanda's not upset that her children have boyfriends and girlfriends that aren't necessarily good people. She's upset that they have boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of got that thing. It's like, I don't know. She feels like she wants to protect them and stuff. And then, like, if they go off and, like, that's going to leave her and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, it kind of does seem like suspect. You wouldn't want your kids to be happy and stuff, but she just she just wants to like I don't know lock them. I don't know that she want if she wants to protect them or if she wants to keep them. Yeah, if she's upset that her young men aren't her young men. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She makes some comments about how they need to to be a closer family, and maybe it's it's some weird stuff. Uh, going back to what happened between her and her father. Yeah. 
It is most definitely a dysfunctional, like, kind of like a family. Yeah, definitely. Cut to Tommy's girlfriend, Nora, buying booze in a convenience store. And a bunch of other people standing uh, off to the side drooling over her. And the visible tattoo on her butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is it like a, she's like a platinum blonde, like, totally like short hair and stuff. And she's got like, like white cut off jean shorts. He's wearing this big black jacket and little French cut bikini bottoms with a, with a pentagram tattooed on her butt cheek. Yeah. <laughs> Outside, Tommy asked her if she got everything. They're going to celebrate his big day when his grandpa just walks up on, on the street. I mean, he mentions that his grandpa stopped by to talk to him earlier in the day. And then his grandpa just walks up on the sidewalk. Just out of nowhere, he is um, not at all pleased with Tommy's plans for the day. He needs to keep himself pure for tonight and maintain that energy for what's going to come later. And he tells Nora that if she knows what's good for her, she'll take Tommy's little butt home. <laughs> well, that's exactly what she does. She takes Tommy back to the house, and when she gets there, Tommy's mom is staring broodingly out the door, out the window at him. And she's always standing there looking mad about something. Doesn't matter what's happening. She's standing there looking mad. Yeah. It's like she's just standing there, like, daydreaming about shit that pisses her off. <laughs> Beth and Vera are still changing for the party. Vera has plans to play trick or treat with Brian, her boyfriend, while they're setting up for the party. <laughs> Beth tells her it'll be her treat and her her trick and his treat. Her mom doesn't like the fact that she's dating, and then she introduces Beth to Roger. Beth immediately likes Roger, but his mom doesn't like the fact that Beth likes Roger. Yeah, it gets weird. It's like she just started dating this guy, and then she's trying to get her best friend hooked up with her brother, the cop. Yeah. Yeah, it's just everybody, it's like, I don't know. That's what happens around, like, you know, Halloween, everybody gets, like, super mad horny or something. But everybody tries to get into mischief. But, yeah, it seems like everybody's, like, got, you know, someone and stuff. And it's, like, mom, that's just pissing her off, like, more and more. Right, and this is the first time that she says something to the effect that she's not happy with her children becoming romantically involved with people outside the family. <laughs> yeah, it's a messed up family. Well, Roger goes down to talk to Tommy. Tommy's down there lifting dumbbells and panting like he's just run a marathon. Apparently, he's trying to burn off some, some excess energy since he can't spend the afternoon with his girlfriend. <laughs> Roger's out there knocking on the door. Say, are you alone? Yeah, I'm alone. Is mom with you? No, I just said I'm alone. Fine, the door isn't locked. <laughs> What's the purpose of not locking the door if you don't want people to come down there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is weird. Like, he's, like, down there in that basement room. Yeah. All right. And, like, most of the time, whenever the family is interacting with him, it's just them yelling through the window or the door of the basement. Right. They're never actually in the same room. I mean, eventually, like, you know, his brother's about to come in his room and stuff. They're going to talk. But, like, it's it's mostly just people yelling at this guy. In the basement. Yep. Roger tells Tommy that, you know, you, you, maybe you need to start 
trying to do something with your life. And Tommy says, look, I'm, I've been doing something. I've got plans. And that's when he tell, shows Roger his satanic shrine in the closet. <laughs> yeah. With with jars of, of water with food color. I mean, he's got every color in the food coloring box in a jar on the shrine. Also, like, his room's like a pigsty. It is. And then you, you, yeah, you open this little thing up, and it looks like like Martha Stewart's satanic shrine. <laughs> like all, like mathematically, you know, geometry wise, it's like nice and like organized. All you need is some cardboard, some hot glue, and a nice ribbon, and you have your very own satanic shrine. I just got this on squash out of my yard. I think. It's good. <laughs> oh. It's just who put that together, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bizarre. Also, it's, it's like in a weird recess, like hidden room in in the in the uh, basement or something. It's like right a, with the Christmas tree at or something. Well, maybe this is why his his room is trashed is because all the stuff that should be in the closet is all over the floor because the closet is his satanic shrine. Yeah. It looks like shit, and it smells like shit on the outside, but like you go in that little shrine, it's got all the scent candles. Right. All of them. <laughs> it's a pumpkin spice shrine to Satan. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but next we see Grandpa taking off in his truck, which is still full of pumpkins. The man just drives around with a truckload of pumpkins at all times. Yeah, even in the off-season. <laughs> at the cemetery... Amanda is visiting Bill's grave. Some of the letters have faded off of his grave marker like they were painted on, maybe. Yeah. And there's this bizarre little flashback to Bill and Amanda laying in bed, and then it's back to the cemetery. Yeah, that, that was weird. It just, it, it, the camera kind of like, uh, like it's on her, right? And then it kind of like fades up a little bit. Right. And and that fades into her and him just laying on the bed. And it's not like, it's not even a conversation. There's nothing in the flashback. And then it's like, it's like, it's like just them lying in bed at night. And then yeah, you man, think you're going to have your typical flashback scene and then no. Or at least some kind of like new hint to the mystery or some shit. Or something yeah. Like that. And it's just like, no, nah. it's like nope. they instantly pulled out of that flashback. Beth and Vera have finally left for the Halloween party, and they're walking through the orchard talking about Roger. We see somebody coming up behind them, and it's brooding Amanda. She thinks Vera should visit her father's grave, so Beth promises them that they'll walk through the cemetery on their way to the Halloween party. And Amanda stands back and stares at them as they walk away from her. Next, Tommy's girlfriend, Nora, is swimming in a sheer blouse and a thong and nothing else. Nice. She heads inside to shower, and this was kind of bizarre that the, there's a door from the patio that goes right into the bathroom. I don't, I guess that's how they make houses in California. I don't know. <laughs> None of my bathrooms have a door onto the patio. Well, I don't know. It's a nice house. It could be like a pool house. I don't know. But it's, it's, it's like a nice house. It's like a mini Yeah. Episode. Well, she heads into shower as we see somebody in a red robe walking up to the door. And after the fastest shower ever, because as soon as this person gets up to the door, 
she's out of the shower and blow drying her hair. And she thinks she hears something. So she turns off the blow dryer and opens the door and calls, thinking it's Tommy, but he won't come to the door. Then when she walks away from it, she turns back and we see somebody in a devil mask outside the window. (laughs) So she thinks this is Tommy and opens up the door for him. He comes in and she pours them some drinks and offers him sex. It looks like he's going to go for it. She tells him he should be careful because last time he left Mark's and well, he's going to leave Mark's this time too because he stabs her in the head with a three-pronged rake. Oh man, that's that's something else about this movie. It's like, all right, it's like you get these like horror movies and it's like, oh, Michael Myers with a big butcher knife, Jason with, um, you know, the machete. And you got this guy, which is like this goofy ass, like devil mask with a red cloak. Yeah. Like gardening trowel or something. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's a, it's a party city type mask too. It's, it's not anything elaborate. I don't even say party city. This is like a, I don't know, like dollar general mask. (laughs) Next we see grandpa pulling up to the party house. He's delivering pumpkins. Vera says, yeah, right, you're probably just looking for Tommy, but now Grandpa knows where Tommy is. Tommy's with Nora. And then Grandpa very creepily starts hitting on Vera. And this is when Vera's boyfriend, Brian, intervenes. Yeah, this whole scene messed up, too, because, like, they got this crepe paper. Like, they're hanging up balloons in crepe paper, right? Right. And for some reason... They're, like, standing, having this whole, like, big conversation with a bunch of, like, exposition and shit. And it's windy as hell, and everybody's getting smacked in the face with this. <laughs> and nobody moved. Nobody. Like, the boyfriend's, like, all up in the grandfather's face, except he's getting smacked in the face. So <laughs> come off as, like, completely childish and kind of, you know, buffoonery, you know? It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, just watch it. It's like Wendy slaps in the face with this, like, orange and black paper. Well, when uh, Vera tells Brian that this is her grandpa, he tries to apologize, but grandpa's already pissed. Too late, yeah. Yep. He goes and gets back in his truck mumbling something about Brian, and that's when Roger rides up, and he wants to talk to grandpa. Grandpa doesn't think much of Roger being a cop, you know. And Roger knows that his grandfather's a Satanist, and asks him if he knows anything about any recent grave robbings. But, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't care if you are my grandson. You're still a cop. <laughs> I say, damn your job if it means your grandfather can have fun on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so damn funny. I, yeah. I'm not even justice, though, because it sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like, like Foghorn Leghorn on, like, like a 10 pack a day habit and like i'm like southern grandma like he, he's it's very like kind of like like the way his like his voice is yep like uh, the dips and shit it's like it's it's he's like he's doing a southern lady but then like he looks like i don't know like this the clown from spawn right like he's like this squat little fat guy with bald head it, it's bald. kind of like um you know who could have done this role better was Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine. Nah, Ernest Borgnine's too happy. He can't stop smiling. Shit. 
<laughs> why like yeah he was always limited to certain stuff but he would just, he would always be smart even like when in earth nine he's like doing all like those uh like uh you know like avalanche and stuff he was like in a bunch of those movies where it's like right and like uh you know, the burning inferno he was always smiling during like all the action shit <laughs> he's a smiley guy he is a smiley guy well, Vera introduces Brian to Roger. Roger starts talking to one of his friends and then tells Brian, Vera tells Brian that she needs to go to his car and wait five minutes and then she'll meet him there. Uh, <laughs> then she sets Beth up with Roger. Turns out Roger's really only there because he's interested in Beth already. <laughs> that was easy. Well, they talk inside for a bit, and then Beth rides off with Roger so that he can take her into custody later. Next, we see Tommy heading into the house, and uh, he hears some moaning from his sister's bedroom. He goes and peeks through the door to find Vera half-naked and making out with Brian. So he beats up Brian and escorts him from the house in a very Al Bundy fashion. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's the whole thing, the entire time this was happening, I thought I, I couldn't help seeing Al Bundy escorting Stitch from the house and banging his head on the door frame as he went. <laughs> Downstairs, Tommy takes out his black robe and his mask from his drawer and he puts it on. It's that same devil mask that we saw on the person who killed Tommy's girlfriend earlier. Same goofy mask, same stupid horns. Yep. And same robe, apparently. Next, we see Brian stalking off through the cemetery, talking to himself. Oh, stupid jerk. Talk to me like that. I ought to punch you in the face. <laughs> and then he stubs his toe on a grave marker. <laughs> he hears something behind him. And so he takes off running when he can't see anybody. And who's following behind him but a person in a red robe? Carrying a shovel. The guy's just going to go through like the whole like gardening tool shit. The whole thing, yeah. The trowel, shovel, post hole diggers. Everything. <laughs> so Brian is running away through the cemetery and he turns his ankle and he falls into a grave with a skeleton. And when he looks up again, that masked and robed figure, it's that devil mask again, is standing over him with the shovel. And is about to El Kabong him. And this got me. Because the shovel came down like the flat of the shovel was going to hit him on the head. But no, they took the blade of that shovel and just split his head right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it was like totally going to be an El Kabong moment. And then like, I don't know, guy's so strong, you just kind of switch it up on him at the last second. Yeah. Get that really cool, like, uh, surprise because it's like close up on the face with like the shovel kind of dissecting it, you know. And it was a pretty good, um, makeup effect, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a, a dummy, I think. No, it but, was like a, a fake shovel cut in half, like a just, prosthetic. Yeah, okay, that was a good one, though. I liked it. Yeah, that's like that's one of the better kills in the movie, too. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, the rest of them do seem very hesitant, you know? Yeah. And I think one of them is like, I don't know, you see the start of the attack, but you don't really get to see the kill. Right. And 
the other ones yeah are like that, is that really a kill you know it's like what is that you know but yeah yeah we got one coming up at the halloween party that's just bad oh it's terrible it's more terrible than this movie yep <laughs> <laughs> well back at the house roger calls vera to thank her for introducing him to beth Vera's complaining about Tommy beating up her boyfriend, and that's when Amanda shows up. She's angry, of course, but she's also very dirty. She tries to explain it away by saying she's work been working in the orchard. She's upset that her children are spending time with other people instead of spending it with her and helping her with this farm. And she's just trying to keep her family together. Later that day, it is Halloween night in Grandpa's barn, and the satanic ceremony begins. They start by drinking goat's blood, and then they uh, have a girl in a white dress that they are going to induct into the coven. So they strip her naked, and they tie her up, and they brand her butt. They put a pentagram on her butt cheek, and we've seen that before. Yeah. As uh, Tommy's girlfriend. Yeah. So apparently you can be in the coven until you get in the way and then we're going to do something to you. I don't know. Well, Roger, we cut to Roger and Beth. Roger is taking Beth with him on his motorcycle to investigate a disturbance in the cemetery. There are only three, lo four locations in this entire movie. There's their house. There's uh, the orchard, the cemetery. The Halloween party in the barn. So I well, guess five locations. And that everything takes place right there. The Halloween party is like, yeah, town square or whatever. So it's like, yeah, that's all you need. It's like house, house, the store, which is part of town square. So I guess that's right. But yeah, everything's just around town. Yep. And you know, like like uh, shots, you know, when they're and stuff. You see it's like a whole town and stuff like when they're right. Uh, yeah. It is a small town, you know. There's yeah. a, it's a small rural town somewhere, but uh, yeah, not many locations. A very simple set design, you know. Well, they sneak up on and bust a group of children who are trick or treating and cutting through the cemetery. They were in the cemetery because they dropped their candy and were just picking it up. Because, I mean, that happened to me, I don't know how many times. I dropped my candy, so I had to go to a cemetery and pick it all up. That's dope. Yeah. Also, when they're, they're walking through the cemetery and stuff, and it goes over, those are definitely adults, right? Yes. In the robes. And then, they yeah, they get up on the, the you know, troublemaker, and it's like they're all... And they're like eight years old. Eight, yeah. <laughs> and you're... <laughs> Eights and shit, and I'm like, I, I don't know if that's like some kind of like trick of you know your your eyes playing tricks on you or like I don't. Know. I have no idea what that was. Well, Beth shoes the kids away, and then Roger and Beth decide to have sex on a grave, and it's not a grass covered grave either. It's a fresh dirt grave. Yeah, and the dirt's like I don't know, like I don't know, what do we say, like two, three feet off the ground and stuff. It's not even like... It is raised up a bit, and it's it's that potting soil type dirt. It's not like the clay we have around here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all crumbly and black. Yeah, it's very loose dirt, and Beth actually ends up holding hands with a corpse while she's doing it with Roger. She makes a comment about his hands being cold. and says, don't worry, they'll warm up pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Afterward, they get back on Roger's motorcycle. Beth tells Roger, you enjoyed that. I can tell. Come on. <laughs> Was there a chance that he wouldn't enjoy it? I don't know. Oh, oh, man. Roger delivers Beth back to the house to pick up Nora or Vera. And, of course, Amanda's standing at the window, glaring out at them disapprovingly. Eyes just constantly furrowed in like a... Yeah. Angry, I don't know. Meanwhile, the party has started with a cheap L.A. garage band called Mercenaries. And the first thing that caught me, uh, anytime there's a band playing music, I'm going to try to see if I can hear the words. And I, I don't know how this band never got picked up when they were writing lyrics like, well, buck up, old chap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are... Those are, that's lyrical gold for an 80s hair metal band, isn't it? Yeah. It works for the Bay City Rollers, so. <laughs> I like whenever any hour to be horror or anything, like, if the movie, I mean, it probably is going to be horror if it's, like, the movie's, like, around Halloween, they have a Halloween party like this. Right. But go through and see, like, all the uh, costumes and see how many of them are, like, like Mickey Mouse and stuff, where they had to, like, change it slightly to... <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I just like to see the costume. Like, yeah, Queen, man, part of the fun. That's why I like this movie. It's like, well, it takes place during. It's like just one day, right? It's like Halloween, like from right up to sundown, pretty much. You know? Yeah. Well, this part of the movie is sequentially very confusing. Oh, yeah. And and a lot of it is is super duper forced. So we get a shot of the band. And then a stripper shows up. It's the same girl we just saw get branded on the butt in the barn. Um, but this time she doesn't have the brand. Yeah. And you see that completely because I, I, this is weird too. It's like it's, a, it's supposed to be a, like a, a Halloween party for all the teenagers in town at the town square and stuff. Right. And then like, yeah, this chick just comes in and like just totally strips naked, completely naked. Completely naked. Yeah. And the cop, there's a cop chaperone there or something. And, and he's just watching the stripper. Yeah. Wild ass Halloween party. I guess it's not for teenagers. Like, I mean, I, I remember now thinking back, I was like, there's so many weird people. There's like that one guy who's got like a five o'clock shadow and he's just right. dancing and in drag. And I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. The big guy in the hula costume with the coconut bra. Yeah. No. Nah, the, uh, the one. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it. It's like a tall guy. Yeah, and he's like he he looks kind of. He's like a, a he's a, he's a big guy, big wide guy, in a hula costume with a coconut bra, a bra and, and a big neck beard. Oh no, that's a different guy. Yeah, no, that that was funny too. Yeah, <laughs> but standing next to him is like a skinny, lanky guy, like with a wig on and like a like a lady dress, and he's just like kind of shaking. He's got the most yeah grin on his face. <laughs> Outside, um, comedian Wild Bill Tucker starts doing his stand-up routine on the on the front porch. Yeah, that's... and that was also bizarre. It, it, it was just so forced that it didn't work. It was painful to watch because, like, the one is like, who does like a, a whole? I mean, this is like a real stand-up routine. Yeah, in the middle of a parking lot, you know. Also, like, there's people laughing at him. They're standing behind him, like it's like. They're all circled around them, but like it's all like goofy faces and shit. I can't 
like, you know, because he's not saying anything funny. He's right. Just, like, total, like, douchebag. It's like, uh, I don't know, I just hated, like, everybody, like, like, Robin Williams is a great comedian. Yes. And he's fast like that, you know, but. Yeah, Robin Williams, Robin Williams can riff and improv, and we saw that in the whole um, traffic jam scene in Good Morning Vietnam, where he did some completely unscripted, impromptu crowd work there. Uh, but this guy is trying to make his stand-up routine work on a front porch with a bunch of people who are trying to be actors, and it's, it's bad. Yeah. That's now I did I did check to see what I could find out about this guy because it was really clear to me when he started this that this this is a comedian this is a guy trying to do his stand up act so I looked him up and I found his Facebook page where he's apparently asking folks on Facebook to put him in charge with somebody who in touch with somebody who's good at social media because I just have a brand new theater in Las Vegas that I need to promote. Also, here's my phone number. Please call me. I really need work. <laughs> There's not much change, right? Yeah. Does, it's does the he, same guy 35 years later. <laughs> does he build himself as that one guy that's not funny and hack lantern? What's that? As, does he build himself as that one guy that's not funny and hack lantern? No, he builds himself as the world's funniest comedian. Oh, man. Yes. So he's still telling jokes that don't go over. See, it'd be luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, but that, that whole scene is just painful to watch. Yeah. Well, Beth and Vera apparently are still getting dressed for the party. Uh, they started in the afternoon. They left for the party. Now they're still getting dressed for the party. Yeah, it's like they do. Like, I don't know, man. Like, They've, they've even done like different things. Yeah. But yeah, these two girls, anytime they're on the screen together doing a little conversation, it's like, yeah, they're, they're getting dressed or doing makeup or doing their hair. It's just. Well, Beth tells Vera that she's already banged Roger. Um, oh, man. It's only been a couple hours, but you know, why, why wait? And then the two of them head into the cemetery so Beth can show Vera where they had sex. Uh, Vera sees what she thinks is a fake hand sticking out of a grave. Beth tries to stop her, going, no, no, I didn't put that there. Don't do that. But she grabs the hand and pulls, and it's her dead boyfriend. And that's, kind of, that's weird, though. Yeah. Like, they're getting dressed at the party. Or no, they're not even at the party. They're at the no, Roger took her back to back to their house. Yeah. And they're like, hey, yeah, I slept with your brother. And then she's like, out bullshit. As like, then he's like, okay, right there. That's yep. what I said to your brother. And it's like, who does that? <laughs> That's uh, Ron White does that. That's who does that. <laughs> it's like, it's not even, it's like weird. I mean, it's kind of weird that they had sex in, you know, in, on a grave. The day they met. But then like to actually go, okay, right there. See that third cross from the right? That's where we did it. Yeah. It's just awkward as hell. It is. Well, Vera is now distraught because her boyfriend has been murdered and she will get revenge on Tommy for this. She's convinced that Tommy killed her boyfriend. Next, we get another shot of the band at the party. Then Vera and Beth 
arrive at Vera's grandpa's barn because it's Halloween night. Tommy's having his ceremony to be inducted into the Satan Club. So we're going to go to the barn and confront him. Well, she's right. That is where Tommy is. And Vera storms into the barn shouting at Tommy. Grandpa tells her she shouldn't have come, that she's intruding on the ritual of blood, and now she must pay the price. You are intruding on the ritual of blood. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so <laughs> That's exactly the way he says it, too. It's hilarious. The ritual of blood. I don't know what's worse. His creepy, over-dramatized voice or the dot on his forehead that looks like a mole. Yeah. Also, he's got like a Boss Hog character. He definitely does, yeah. Just imagine like Boss Hog if it was a Satanist. And <laughs> really messed up. This is a messed up movie. This is definitely a messed up movie. Well, the Satanists, they all grab Vera. And they tie her up. Then Grandpa gives Tommy a knife and instructs him to kill Vera. He must prove himself to Satan by killing his sister. Well, maybe Tommy's not the bad boy that he wants everybody to believe he is. Because instead of using the knife to kill his sister, he uses the knife to cut her loose and she escapes through the, out the front door of the barn. Yeah, as that... I mean, I kind of saw that shit coming. Yeah. Uh, I have seen this movie you know, like since back to like 90s and shit, though, when I was a teenager. <laughs> but uh, so I've seen this movie a lot. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like weird. Like he, he's built up to be like this big, like Satanist guy. And he's like a hardcore dude. But if you think about it, he's not really. Because like, uh, like uh, for one thing, that whole like music video thing. Right. No one's going to do that. No. The, the shrine. That doesn't prove anything. That just means you're like he's, he's in the home decoration and stuff, you know? Right, right. This and is very much like that guy who has a katana and a blowgun mounted on his living room wall. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's not really into that stuff. He just, he likes the image, you know? Yes, exactly. Well, Vera and Beth run off to find Roger. Roger's going to help us. He's a cop. Um Meanwhile, back in the barn, Grandpa tells Tommy that he fails, failed his test and that he's brought shame on the family and he's kicked out of their Satan club. <laughs> and Tommy runs off into the night. One of the Satanists wants to know if they should go after him, but Grandpa's going to take care of this thing himself. Back at the party, and now we have a snake dancer. And I want to know what the hell kind of budget they had for this small town Halloween party. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Strippers. Uh, they got snake dancers. They got a comedian. Uh, comedian. An actual hair band from like uh, Harrisylvania. <laughs> <laughs> those dudes, like the budget just for the hairspray that those guys got. Had oh my God, there's so much Aquanet on that stage. Yeah, and they like, you can tell one of them's like kind of going bald, but they got the hair really high up to cover it up. Right. Like, this is like 80s as hell. This, that whole like scene is like just <laughs> crazy. Back at the house, Amanda is hanging a wreath on the door for her dead husband and lighting the jack o' lantern. That's all we see. There's no, there's nothing to advance the story. We just see her put a wreath on the door 
and light the jack-o'-lantern. And then it's right back to the Halloween party. Yeah. More bad hair metal and cheesy pickup lines. Like that scene was only to establish to show that the mom was not at the Halloween. Yeah. Um, back at the Halloween party, in a corner, we see somebody in Satanist robes and a devil mask. We also see Beth and Vera arrive to get Roger's help. And uh, there was a Southern Belle who was flirting with Roger. She looked to be about 40, but she was flirting with Roger. <laughs> she walks into the restroom and the devil follows her in. Outside, we see Roger jumping up on his motorcycle and taking off. And we don't know if Vera and Beth actually talked to him or what. We have to assume they did, but um, that got cut out for some reason. Inside, the Southern Belle is asking the devil to tighten her corset, and he pulls it way too tight. <laughs> he pulls her corset so tight that it pops the front of her dress open. Imagine that. Does she act like she can't breathe and stuff? Right. And then he takes out a knife and stabs her. And this is what I was talking about with the effect that just falls flat for me. Because you see him take out this knife and then you see him plunge it into a piece of fabric that's just stretched flat over something with some red liquid in it. Yeah. It's like stabbing a picture frame, but it just happens to be the same color as her dress. Also, it's like the, the one where they're not actually using like a gardening tool. Right. Just a small little knife. Meanwhile, Roger and his sergeant and another cop have arrived at Grandpa's barn to investigate. They burst into the barn, but everybody's gone. Well, Sarge and the other cop, they're kind of upset with the rookie now, and, and they leave. Back at the party, Vera and Beth go to the restroom to fix Vera's makeup. The dead Southern Belle is propped up in the corner, and they assume that she's just drunk. Pretty safe assumption, actually. Yeah. Beth goes to the closet to hang up their coats and closes the door, and as soon as she turns around, the devil steps out of that closet and strangles Beth. <laughs> like she didn't notice that when she was hanging up the closet. She did not notice that there was a human-sized person standing in that closet when she was hanging up the coats. No. And to be honest, Beth is the one character in this movie that I didn't completely hate. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. Like she's like the only one that's like not like either completely crazy. Right. You know? So it's like and she actually I don't know. When when the uh, right Right, what, right before they do it in the uh, graveyard and stuff, there's like a moment where you're like, oh, she kind of like they kind of make a cute couple and stuff, and you can't you want to refer and stuff, but right? You know, just a side character, and that she's probably gonna die. So yeah, well, Vera comes into the restroom looking for Beth, and she sees her feet in the closet and assumes she's screwing with her again. Pretty safe assumption, <laughs> but Beth is really dead this time. Vera panics and she tries to rouse the southern bell and finds out she's dead too so she runs out and sees the somebody in the devil costume and assumes that's tommy and he wants tommy to she wants tommy to help her she just vowed revenge on tommy but now she wants tommy to help her it's yeah. not tommy though it's her grandpa and he's gonna kill her 
because she, she fucked up the thing earlier, you know. Because she messed up his Satan Club ritual. Yeah. Well, that's when Tommy does come into the party wearing the devil mask and hood. And a sword fight ensues between Grandpa, who has his three-pronged rake, and Tommy, who has a machete. And they start a Pirates of the Caribbean sword fight on the stairs. Wait, is that what happened? Yeah. I remember. Okay. It gets very confusing at this point. Yeah. And there's like, there's Grandpa, and he's in the devil mask and suit. And then there's across the way, like behind her, because she's having a conversation with her grandfather. There's the exact same thing as a guy with a devil mask and a trowel. Yes. Yeah, because, oh. yeah, Grandpa is, is talking to Vera. Grandpa is telling Vera that he's going to kill her. And then you see behind her somebody coming in with a devil mask again. And so Grandpa goes right after him, assuming that's Tommy. So he's going to try to take Tommy out and then finish Vera later. Grandpa puts the mask back on. He does. Yeah, because, you know, if I've got to screw up my vision, too, that way it's a fair fight. That's where I got confused. Like, he he actually takes the time out uh, just to put the mask on. Right. And then it's like a shell game again. It's like, I don't know. Well, they build a little bit of suspense there by putting them both in the mask. It's like having the twin, the evil twins. So oh, yeah. you don't know which one's the good twin, which one's the evil twin. It's the same thing here. You don't know which one is the grandpa devil or the Tommy devil. Hell, I thought there was like three devils there for a minute. <laughs> it does get a little confusing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, nah, he put that mask back on right before that fire. So. Uh, it turns out Grandpa's got the machete and Tommy's got the, the rake. And Tommy stabs Grandpa in the belly with that, with that rake and falls from the stairs. Roger arrives in time to hear that Tommy has just killed Grandpa. Roger takes the mask off of Grandpa and Grandpa gasps something about the power is in the blood. And then he touches Roger's forehead and we get a little red kitty cat laser pointer dot on roger's forehead <laughs> and then grandpa dies now we all know what that means but we're not going to reveal it yet well, they see tommy running away in the devil costume and roger takes a shot at him as he heads out the door he does shoot him but he still runs out the door outside we see the tommy devil running off into the night through the orchard and into the fog uh, once in the orchard, the devil mask comes off to reveal that this was not Tommy. This was their mom, Amanda. To what? It was. She was the one killing all of them. She wanted her kids just to herself. We're going to keep this family in the family. That was a really uh, weak reveal, too, because right, the, the whole movie, like the character, the, the Amanda her hair is like really long really know? long yeah and it's like when they they reveal that it's you know the mother yeah you could tell that's not her that's like some dude in a wig because they don't show the face they just can't sh they fall take off the mask and then like the the hair's like all wrapped around their head like a mom right and then it cuts back and it's like all bloody and matted and, and she's got crystal gale kind of hair too i mean it is really really long yeah, 
and so blonde it's almost white you know yep and the wig is yellow and stuff but yes then it cut her actually dressed up in the satan thing and she's coming out and her hair's like perfectly brushed you know yes no more things in it no more tangles it's all every hair in place but she's running back to the house through the cemetery and she collapses on her dead husband's grave and that's when tommy finds her she says she only wanted to keep her family and tommy tells her that he loves her and she dies in his arms back in the barn another satanic ceremony is underway when the leader of the ceremony turns around it's roger it seems that when grandpa died he transferred his soul into roger and now roger is the leader of the satan club that's just messed up <laughs> you're the devil's son and roll credits it just it seemed like yeah like tommy was set up to be like the next guy you know right but like we said you know tommy was never the hard ass that he wanted to portray you know he was just the broken little boy still i know but the the mom was the killer she was the one that's going around killing everybody yes and then at the party it's like oh tommy tommy killed grandpa go get him well that's what everybody assumed and you know nobody had suspected that their mom was was killing everybody everybody thought it was tommy because tommy had the bad reputation yeah i don't know yeah but the last 15 minutes was confusing as hell it's still it's still a fun watch i don't know it, it comes off really sleazy in parts and yeah the whole incest side of the story I, I felt really uncomfortable with but all in all it's like a really good cheesy like shitty halloween movie it is a very cheesy halloween movie it was a perfect pick but yeah there there are some things about this that make it really clear why it was direct to video um I don't I don't think that was a mistake at all. That was that was definitely where that movie needed to go. It was direct to the back wall at Blockbuster. Oh man, no, it wasn't even in Blockbuster. It was like like those uh, you know, gas station video stores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I just I love the grandpa. The grandpa, his character, line delivery, every time he's on the screen, I I, I like I immediately pay more attention to what's going on. Yes. Yeah. That damn music video scene where <laughs> like, you know, just drifting off into fantasy and stuff. And it's just so damn hilarious. Yeah. The music video was great. The, the hair metal band at the Halloween party would have been a lot better if they hadn't used the band's actual lyrics because their lyrics were bad. Yeah, and it's that sucks because when it's a Halloween movie or something, and they do have a Halloween party, I love those scenes. This one sucks. It, yeah, it do, like with creepy producers because they, all right, so like, um, they have the stripper that strips completely naked. That was kind of weird. Yes. Then they have like a, a sexy snake lady dance. Yep. A, a choked out comedian that was not funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, and also. You know, I'm not going to lie, for a Halloween movie, most of the Halloween costumes in this whole movie lackluster, you know? Yes. I mean, it's like what? Like a Southern Belle, uh, a couple people in drag. It, Two cowboys. 
cowboys. Yeah, they had that one cowboy. Well, no, they had a couple cowboys. They had like a chiquita banana lady, but instead of like fruit, it was just a salad in the in, in the bowl. Right. And it, like I don't know, man. It should have had like cooler stuff. Now the hula neck beard was kind of fun, and the geisha was was well. That was a little stereotypical. Yeah. We do have an Asian woman in the movie, so she has to be a geisha. Just, I don't know, but yeah. Also, uh, my whole fan theory where Tommy is actually, or the Max dad is actually Tommy under an assumed name. I really, that's, I love that. Cause I, I think there's, I think you're, you're onto something there really. Cause he's also in a couple other horror movies, this guy. Right. And he's pretty much the same character in everyone. He's like some kind of just like crazy psychopath. Yeah. So we got a couple of options here. Either. He's a very shallow actor, or, and this is the one we're going to go with, his entire career has been made up of sequels to this movie. Yeah, and it's just different assumed names as it yeah. goes around. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I think that's a podcast. Oh, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made. Oh,